Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 37. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Welcome to 2021. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> and we've got Yard Sale. hey About time you got back. And we got Fence Post. Hello. Mm. <laughs> 2020.5. Yay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, 20 V2. Fucking yeah. Mm. Can't deal with this. You guys hear music? Oh. Need something upbeat. <laughs> Oh gosh. Mm-mm-mm. Well, glad you could make it back, Mike. It's a new year. Yeah, I made it through half of one. Mm-hmm. The end of the year. Mm. Where I got called out for work. So That's what you're saying, work, right? Yeah. I think you were on the on the tube on the river again, in the case of beer. <laughs> uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Mm. Mm-hmm. Flying fire. It's called, a, it's called a toboggan when it's winter time, by the way, not a tube. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't know about that down south. Uh, yeah. Good. What's Live, a toboggan? Yeah. Living there in South Canookistan. Canookistan. <laughs> <laughs> My sister is. No, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong show. <laughs> or the right show. Maybe. Maybe. Let's, let's start this. Let's start this show with a big old train wreck. You know, let's make it happen. Okay. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Glad you could make it. So we got a happy New Year to everyone. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. And of course, uh, you know, thank you to everyone for downloading, streaming, and listening to our podcast. We certainly do appreciate all of you. Each and, and every one of you. Each and every one of you. And uh, it's a new year, so. Later on, we're going to talk about fun flies. Courtesy of Brandon Leggett. It was kind of his idea, so we'll give him credit. <laughs> we're going to try at least, right? Yeah. Let's not get their hopes to, to, you know, to a next level. We're, we're not quite there yet. Make a sad attempt. So, All right, let's get raw. Let's go. Weeks. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> hey, by the way. It's episode 37. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, it is episode. Just, you know. Got to give it, give it, give it due. Uh, I just want to say one thing. You ready? Model. Model. <laughs> Who's model? Model. Model. model? 30, it's coming 37 times. That's four. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Gooch, hit it, man. Whew. 2021. Why does it feel like it's still 2020, so to speak? Because it, it is. is. You know? So, I attempted to fly. On January, you know, the January 1st. And I could call that as being a complete and utter failure. Because up here, it was cold and rainy. So, I tried to fly and Mike just kept bugging me in the air. Oh, dude, your helicopter is getting wet, you know? Like, your 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 Kraken is kind of naked, you know? And the Neo is going to go on the fritz. And But uh, he was kind of right, so... <laughs> put about two minutes on january 1st and i said you know forget this nonsense i need to pack it up so you know mike was couldn't believe that i flew at actually but we had to do at least a flight for january 1st you know I hear you. wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute 
nobody would ever believe that I would talk sense into anybody. So <laughs> that is all false. <laughs> well, I was they could... saying, come on, Dan, take the canopy off and fly it. It's just a well, goblin. There's a video on the Heliheads uh, group that they could hear you, Mike. So, <laughs> you know, you were just making too much sense, I guess, that day. Mm. So, But it was fun. Um, I think it was literally like Mike flew once or twice. Yeah. Um, and I flew once. I think Dave flew one flight and he was done, and that's about it. So, um, a good old crack at Nitro. Got about two minutes in, and that was it for January 1st. But I did get to go back out there this past Sunday, and I got to fly the Kraken Nitro, the Drake Nitro, uh, just kind of having fun, relaxing. And it was just me and Dave that really flew helicopters. I think, Mike, you had one flight in or something like that. That's about it. So, you know, once again, it's cold up here, and I hate it. But, mm. you know, nothing too excited. But I do have some news. Hey, Mike. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Guess what I bought? Raw. <laughs> no. Nope. No. No. Nope. Oh boy. A Genesis. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes, a Genesis. A, a Genesis. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the plan was initially to wait like until about probably March or something like that, or at least uh, late February. And do a custom, uh, you know, uh, out of the box kit with a different like scheme. But then I was like, well, might as well just pre-order it. I want something to build. I'm like dying to build something right now, and just I just pulled the trigger. I was like, I'll just do it now. Nice. And get out of the first batch. So yeah, that's about it. Hell yeah. And there it goes. Nothing much since the last time, just enjoying the holidays, getting into the new year, doing a little bit of flying, and uh, kind of getting ready for RCHO in about a month. Yes. Yeah. Man, and that's about it for me. So I think we're going to go next to Mike. What you been up yeah. to, man? Uh, for me, pretty much the uh, same thing you've been up to. Um, went out and flew on New Year's in the rain. Got, like you said, one, one or two flights. I don't remember, really. Um, I think it was only one, but uh flew the Oxy Nitro out there. That was after I put the Spartan on there, and it was not tuned. It was the maiden flight with that flyerless unit on it, so I only put about a minute on it because it wasn't flying good at all. Um, landed it, packed it up, and we hung out and BS for a little while and then took off. Uh, but we did go out the next day for a redemption day, a couple of the club members. Uh, I did not end up bringing a heli with me on the redemption day because I still do not have my protos fixed. I have to put the clutch liner back in there. And the oxy was not flying good, and I really didn't feel like putting tuning flights in. I just kind of wanted to hang out and socialize and, you know, maybe get a flight or two in. So I just took some airplanes out and went and flew some airplanes. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, other than that, uh, just been working on stuff for the club. I mean, it's our busy time of the year for, you know, the officers in the club trying to keep up with membership cards and all that stuff. Um, so, pretty much every day after work, I got to come home and fill out membership cards. And then we've been having meetings about what we're doing for fun flies and all that good stuff. So, that's been kind of eating up all my spare time. Um, so, hopefully, this weekend, I'm going to make an honest 
effort to try to get my Protoss clutch liner put back in there. Get that thing wrapped up and put back together so when I want to fly it, I can just grab it and go. I don't have to worry about working on it. Nice. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it for me. Scott, what you got? Um, Nothing really. I mean, I didn't fly with anybody. I didn't build anything new. I didn't change my fleet. Uh, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't try anything new at all. Pretty much it. Awesome. <laughs> Somebody's got to fact check that one. <laughs> you better get on Facebook and fact I check. Think, was that's that CNN just chimed in? <laughs> I got a bullshit meter over here that's going crazy. It's pegged, man. Pegged. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I got a new helicopter. Yay. It's Goblin Raw. I'm a huge fan. Flies good. Cool things. Thrilled. Um, I wanted to see if I could just use it the way it comes out of the box. Because every time I get a, a crack in or whatever, like I put the 26 mil arms on it, I run the servo horns at the inner ball hole. Um, and I usually run 713 blades. So I was like, you know what? New kit, new stuff. Let's just try it, how it comes out of the box. And it flies, it, good, flies Yeah, he'll try it raw. <laughs> um, flies good, flies fast, everything. It's it's real responsive, but it just felt off, and it's it was really down to the arms. When I don't have those arms on there, like it just doesn't jive with my flying style and the way I'm used to the helicopter responding. So right preference. I gave it like three days of tuning and stuff, trying to get it to feel what I'm used to. Couldn't get it. Put the 26 mil arms on. Went to my normal V bar settings, and everything was perfect. It was like I was back home. Nice. So. That was pretty cool. Um, I was testing it out in South Carolina with a bunch of friends, uh, people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the uh, the Charlotte crew and the South Carolina guys, and uh, everyone came together. Brandon Cooper from Georgia, and we all flew at this uh, big sod farm uh, in South Carolina. I forget the town. Uh, what was the name of the town? Uh, yeah. Good one. Um, we'll just yeah, stay outside of Camden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a town in South Carolina. So yeah. we flew there. Uh, massive space, the most space I think I've ever had flying in my entire life. And believe it or not, it kind of ruined it because it was too much space. <laughs> there was like literally nothing you could crash into except the ground. Mm. Yeah, it's true. flat. Yeah, it's which like, is weird. I don't know. I'm always used to flying around some sort of obstacle or at least like. Some sort of vegetation you can clip for fun. Yeah. Because that's fun. <laughs> um, what else did I do? Uh, refresh my Kraken. Uh, everything's new. Uh, almost as if I bought a new kit. Um, <laughs> I got a 26 tooth tail pulley. Uh, I want to see if I can get the tail to hold like the raw. So one of the biggest changes with the raw is that tail is just locked with like 105 tails. Um, the ratio is quite a bit higher than it is on the normal Kraken. Plus, the uh, the profile of the boom is a lot different. There's not as much uh, air resistance on it when it moves. So, you could get away with flying at like a bajillion miles an hour and whipping the tail around and it can do it. Where what's the, what's sometimes the stock it'll, tail it'll whip. Sorry, Dan. What? What, what's the stock tail pulley on that? 27 tooth. It is 27. On what? Okay. On Wiley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 27. Okay. Yeah. So 26 tooth was their upgraded tail pulley if you were running lower head speed. But if you put it on a high head speed model, it's even better. Hmm. And you might not need 115s because I'd love to just use 105s. 
uh, I'm a big fan of running the same blades across the board and not having different sizes for different models because I'm lazy <laughs> and I don't want to stock twice as many blades. Yeah. Uh, makes, what else makes I do? sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spent some time flying after work too. Uh, that was really good. Trying to get used to the raw. Um, finally got around to getting a video. Nothing fancy. Just last flight of the day, I gave the phone to Mike and said, "Hey, can you film this?" <laughs> just proceeded to. Uh, Use collective like a switch, so that was interesting. <laughs> and then uh, I was running six ninety blades still on this. Normally, like I said, I run seven uh, seven thirteens across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying something new. I'm trying smaller blades, higher head speed, and seeing how it works out for me. Yeah. So far, so good. It's definitely a different animal, um, a different pop. So if sometimes I'll do these maneuvers where I'll like pop off the ground, rotate ninety degrees, and then shoot sideways. Um, you know, anywhere around 1900, 2000 RPM, it's, it's really consistent. And I pop up, you know, just enough to have like maybe a foot between the disc and the ground and then go sideways. Well, you know, when you're running 22, 23, 2400 RPM, it, it starts to just shoot in the air and float. So I'm getting used to not over controlling the collective and and realizing that it barely takes anything to get it to, to gain altitude. So you're almost fighting to get it closer to the ground most of the time instead of you know, low head speed, you're fighting to keep it away from the ground. So hmm. a little bit different feel, but it's a lot of fun. That's pretty much what I've been up to. Yeah. Kevin, what you been doing? So uh, before the Sod Farm uh, deal, I we all got together in Charlotte the previous weekend, and uh, we flew at Cam. Uh, it was uh, myself, Ben, and Josh. We drove up. Of course, uh, Brandon, uh, we coerced him out of his hole to come up to Cam as well. <laughs> and so, uh, he wasn't going to make it at first, and they were like, nah, dog, you're coming. <laughs> and, uh, we all guilt-tripped him into driving. <laughs> oh, totally we did. And so, of course, then guilt-tripping, we were like, well, we probably should throw this kid some cash because, you know, like he literally rode here, rode in, in here on fumes, you know. And uh, so, at any rate... Uh, it was a good time. Um, let's see. What did I do? I, I flew Scott's Kraken. That was fun. Um, and I flew Ben 7S 580 a couple times. I did fly Brandon's Nitro once, uh, the Kraken Nitro. And that was fun. Um, but uh, same as usual. You know, just hanging out with the, with the peeps there in Charlotte, having a good time. And, uh, and then of course the very next weekend we went to the sod farm and the whole idea of course was, is that we were trying to find a mutual, um, you know, place to fly where it was kind of an equal drive for everyone. Um, but you're right. It's like 800 acres of sod farm and it's flat and there's no trees for like the eye can see. And, it was weird in a sense because I was flying much deeper than I normally do. And I was like, why are you flying so far away for God's sakes, man, bring it back. And, um, I, no doubt I could get used to it. I mean, I, I feel like I could, you know, um, and I may join anyways, just because, um, we had a special guest there, didn't we? Yeah. I managed to pull Marcus Kim out of his cave, out of his, his, you know, <laughs> his lifestyle there of real estate and working for the police station. You got him to come out? Yeah, I sure did. Um, did he have anything to fly? He did. He brought... Really? <laughs> he dusted <laughs> off a 700X. 
<laughs> and uh yeah so he brought that out of course uh we um i'm happy to uh let everybody know that marcus has drank the kool-aid he is on v control yes yes so it's a lot of news but i don't know mike are you still okay do we need to continue or <laughs> uh, you- i'm i'm right now i'm taking fistfuls of uh pills over here yeah he's he's writing names down and putting his lipstick on no no um yeah i'm done i'm over it i'm on my way out okay <laughs> we will miss you uh but yeah so uh ben actually had a radio laying around and he had mentioned that he needed one and he was kind of torn between two and it just was a matter of convenience um that, uh, you know, we were going there and we, we all pitched in and sort of sold him some stuff that we had laying around. So he is on V control now. Um, but he, he, we were going to set it up for him and, but he was like, ah, whatever, I'll just do it when I get home. And, and he just, he just wanted to fly. But, uh, I will tell you this, um, I get to see a lot of talented people fly all the time, but, uh, man, I forgot how good he really is. And how controlled and precise he is. And it's not that he did a whole lot, but it was how he did it, you know, with his flying. And it was it was just awesome to see that guy fly again. It was he hadn't flown in a year and a half, and it was just unreal. <laughs> it's just like holy crap. Awesome. I'm I, I quit. <laughs> I'm selling my stuff. But it's been a really long time since he's been out. It was really good to see him. It really was. But um I Took my uh, success with me. Had a lot of fun with that. Uh, did I fly anybody else's stuff? Like, oh well, I flew the raw. Um, I I really dug it, uh, but I but I'm with Scott. Um, I, of course, it's preference. Um, I know there's some people who are just fine on the 30 millimeter arms. Me personally, I like the 26, uh, just based on how I fly, and um, I think that will be. A really cool fit i think i i'm actually excited to fly yours again once you or once we meet up again so i can see what you've done you know because i think yeah. it was very similar with the kraken for us you know where you and i were very much the same in our thoughts and flying style with that so um but yeah it was a good time i like i say i i think i want to become a member out there just because you know hopefully uh you know we can kind of coerce marcus to come out and fly more and i think he wants to uh you know I, I think he's ready to get back out there. He he was like, man, he goes, I've been kind of missing it and whatever. And I was like, sweet, man. I was like, well, I'll join if you if you start coming out more. And uh, so hopefully we can make that happen. It would be really, thought, really cool. I thought Cam was closer to him. Um, It might be, but it's not. Yeah, he me. said Cam was like 45 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that feels like 20 minutes away. <laughs> You know, from you, from him. Oh, I thought he said. Never mind. I thought um, I don't even know. Yeah, the sod farm's really close for him, so it's not that far. Uh, but anyway, um, so that said, had a really good time. It was awesome to see everybody out there. Kyle Wells is freaking killing it, by the way. He was freaking blistering that XL five fifty. I don't know if you guys saw that, but holy crap. I mean, he was pounding on that thing. Um, yeah, he's got real good real quick. Yeah. I mean, in case you haven't noticed, but... Uh, <laughs> no? Nothing? <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big <laughs> deal. 
<laughs> brand new, brand new to the team, right? He is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that, but he is on the XL Power team now, so that's awesome. Um, Badass. Yeah. Congrats to you, definitely. Um, but yeah, Zach Waddell's out there. I mean, bank three in it all day, killing it. <laughs> it's because he had wide open space. You know, he wasn't uh, confined. So Did he have his uh, boots on. What kind of his boots on? You know, that sounds like a sounds like a great field. I I liked it. Um, it. Their amenities are about ten minutes away. So if you need to use facilities or get something to eat, it's ten minutes away. Mm. So there's nothing on site, unfortunately. But uh, to bring a bucket, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> one of those one of those hit shitters. You know what I mean? <laughs> this comes standard in the dodges that's right but you got to get the mullet edition now you're here so. oh. oh gosh so with that uh hey mike i got news for you oh god i have on pre-order another goblin a raw jesus raw. <laughs> So yeah, no so longer I might, I might need a couple weeks off. <laughs> yeah. No longer are we gonna say Black Thunder. We are gonna say Raw. Mm. You okay with that? I I guess I don't have a choice. Do we need to take a moment for you? No. A little no. bit of silence. You wanna no, you wanna no, you wanna ahead. change the coffee to uh to beer? I don't no. understand. No. no. What I what I really wanna do, Kevin is setting in stone right now what we're going to call the uh, nitro version of the raw. I, I agree. Let's solidify that right now. And Mike is going to be the, the I guess, decider? the tiebreaker. The decider. Okay. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like nitro. It sounds stupid. <laughs> you guys nitro. can send the hate mail, hate mail to me all you want, but nitro sounds raw sound, dumb. Raw sounds stupid. So, uh, well... Fair, but I think Rotro sounds way better. Rotro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more, I'm more of a Rotro kind of guy. Yeah. Hmm. Nitro makes it sound too much like you know the name in which we do not speak. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going like there. Ron. It sounds like somebody started saying nitroxy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not playing that game. Sorry. You know it's what we could call it? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Scott. Call it the Nitro Raw. <laughs> mm. But that's not fun. But I guess What's we fun could. Than that? <laughs> I mean, because we did the, the crack trawl. <laughs> well, anyway, let us know what you think. What about the Raw Smoky? <laughs> <laughs> the Smoky Raw? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the bong and a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, how about we let you think about it, Mike? Yeah. And the listeners, I, go oh, ahead. Oh, I know, I know what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Jesus. I can't wait for what Javier is going to write in. Uh, you know what I'm going to call it? What's that? Gay. <laughs> Gay tro. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to get one. Thanks, Mike. Where's the mute button? <laughs> <laughs> Shut him down. Shut him down. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm excited. I'm actually, to be honest, more excited about the the nitro version. Yeah, I agree. 
I was peer pressured, so I, I had no choice, apparently. <laughs> you had to have it, right? Let me just tell peer you this. Pressured. This this is the kind of friends that I have, and, and man, talk about feeling blessed. But I was short money for the pre-order, and I woke up the next day with money in my PayPal account saying, get your shit on order now. Yep. And I was like, uh-huh. holy crap, are you serious? So. Yes. Yeah. Talk about I supported your habit, but you you know, you did sell me some service in return, right? Mm. Servos. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he was selling himself, man. You know, was. it's like t- it's tough times these days. Yeah, servos. Mm. He's always done it for he's always done it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he feels bad for you, Mike. Oh, uh, is that uh, what it is? Yeah. <laughs> it's cause oh, you. there goes like Kevin you. walking by again. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I old- like you more, uh, uh Mike. That's what it is. Give an old yard sale the pity puff. <laughs> no, I did, I did buy in order to supplement his income. I did buy some Futaba servos off of Kevin to put into my Genesis. Yeah. So one has a slight uh, jitter, so just be careful. That reminds me, I I bought some uh, some MKS servos off our buddy Kevin here. You sure did. That's right. Yeah. And, and I Brandon. Just, I just want to make sure that you know those are in an airplane right now. Mm, I know. <laughs> oh, that's just, gross. I just want to make sure you know. I walked out of that post office five times. So I was like, I can't do it. And I just <laughs> <right back. laughs> this is bullshit. I'm not doing yep. it. I'm- I mean, people were looking Damn at me outside and were like, is he on the phone or is he okay? And I'm like, I can't fucking do it. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. Back nope. Nope. Hell no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Climb in your climb back in your truck and sit down and be like, man, but I really want to pre-order that raw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I did. So thank you everybody who bought my shit. So, you know, it was awesome. Sweet. uh, Yeah. And thank you, Ben. You, uh, (laughs) you're amazing, dude. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Can't wait to get one. Um, kind of excited about the colors of the canopies. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about that soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I might have to try out some different colors. That'd be fun. But uh, let's move it on. What's next? Uh, you, you know, what, what? what is hot? Come the fuck on. Are you serious? What? What? I mean, what, what's hot? What's hot? You mean, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Scott! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you, Scott! <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. What is hot? There it is. Oh, man, that was mm. a good one. Coming in. It's like I haven't heard that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do we? Little do we, girl do we have, in the back too. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. He got prepped. You know, I think he was just leading us on. That's what it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I just, I just wonder what his neighbors think when they hear him yelling that late at night. <laughs> probably think, probably, probably think he's into some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, those guys are into some really weird shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so new hot. So uh, you know we we since we do not give Mike enough of Goblin news. Um, yes. You know we we just talked. I pre-ordered the Genesis, so that's actually available now for pre-order. Uh, I think what is it? Sixteen forty nine is the price. Not so bad. ideally, it's a lot of money. I get it, but if you look at a full-bodied F three C machine, it's even if you buy it, let's say the airframe and then the body, right? It's going to run you about the same, if not way more. Yeah. So, 
probably more. Well, not only, yeah, not only that, but they got to cover the, uh, the manufacturing costs with the two kits they're going to sell, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sold one to you and one to World Champion. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Listen, it's it's uh, limited edition, right? I yeah. did do a little bit of, uh, so to speak, uh, weight checking or what it's going to come in. Mm. Compared to, for example, one of the other F3C machines. And I did find out that compared to one of the known, uh, like the the Stacy or one of the the F3C machines out there, they were calling out for about fully loaded, ready to fly, about 5,900 pounds. What? And, <laughs> what? 5,900 grams. That's a huge bitch. That, about 5,900 grams. Uh, so it was about 5,900 grams. And based on taking just the general, like uh, doing torque servos, just general stuff to put into the Genesis, we're looking at about 5,400 grams. Hmm. So, so what's that in the, the King's units of measurements? Uh, it's lighter, Scott. Lighter. <laughs> <laughs> you can safely say that. So, so 12 pounds, 12-ish pounds. 12-ish pounds. All right. That's yeah. not bad. No. And that was, I took, you know, for example, I took actual weights for the servos, the ESC, um, the flybars unit, and the only thing that I roughly estimated was the batteries. So I did 1,400 grams on the batteries. Yes. So. I'm excited. I, I Well, do you think you'll have it by uh, chill out? Is that possible? Do we know? Well, it's coming USPS. So, mm. probably not. USPS? Oh, God, no. Mm. Yeah. So, still, but that's Still waiting on something I ordered on December 2nd. But mm-hmm. at $1,649, I figured, let me save $30 for whatever it's worth. Right. So, I just went ahead and just did a USPS because I'm not really in a hurry. I mean, if I get it, super. If I don't, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so so like- did, you, did you decide if you're going to replace something with that? What do you mean? Like, uh, are you going to be getting rid of a model to put the Genesis in there, or are you just going to add one? Model. I know you were kind of... Yeah, so I, I really want to get my Kraken uh, 700 electric back as, an, as a 3D, so to speak, because that's my only electric that I would have for big air 3d whatever you know just for fun mm-hmm. flying so i i have everything the only thing i didn't have for the genesis was the um the servos so i really don't need to sell anything um but i think that is going to happen as far as getting rid of a model is going to be when the uh cracker uh, the raw nitro comes out i'm going to have mm-hmm. to give out a, a 700 nitro gotcha and I'm I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be the Drake Nitro. Oh, mm. Yeah, it, it's I'm not I'm not quite convinced yet, but I mean, it's I not mean, Gucci enough. Yeah, no, I don't know <laughs> if it's that. I think I like the idea of having the raw, potentially the Kraken and the Genesis. Those are a lot more relatable, so to speak. And when it comes to parts and everything else, well, kind of the same idea that. That Scott said earlier, I mean, I would like to have the same things 
and not run all different size bearings and everything else, you know. Makes sense. So that was my thought on it, why I would give up to a Drake. Now, the Drake, a lot of the Drake bearings are also the, uh, you know, shared with the Kraken, but not all of them. So to me, it's just easier to make that transition, if you know what I mean. Who changes bearings? <laughs> um, well, apparently Scott only changes it like once we get a full moon which is <laughs> no i change them once a kit i usually yeah. re-kit it before i need bearings yeah i was just trying to think you know like here's the deal you know the fact is that i'm you know i i crash you know potentially more and i'm probably going to crash more the lower to the ground i fly so to me having the parts kind of at least the general parts available i.e bearings spindles um certain things available it just makes sense to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean all I'm uh, saying is you better stock up because uh, yeah we're 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 working on you this year. There's gonna be there's gonna be no more Gucci crashing once a year. Yeah, no, uh, no. Nope. That, I was, that I was, shit stops. I was giving it a, a really solid try on January first. Eh, were you? I think I was. You were like, man, remember there's a flagpole right there, and I'm like, oh, you mean right there? And I would pop it like two yeah, feet away that, from the flagpole. Yeah, but that's not that's not uh that's not low enough. Flagpoles are high. So, I didn't know that you you literally don't crash. So, I have a new New Year's resolution. Okay. Any event that I'm with with Gucci, Gucci has to crash. I like it. Yep. He's got to put one in for the team. Mm. Okay. I'm down with that. (laughs) Also knows that, you know, like Cincinnati, even our event, you know, when I get into the mode of we're going to put it all on the field. Oh, yeah, you can happen. get them there. You can get them there. Yeah. do it. Cincinnati is going in on the tarmac. Yeah. Yeah. But but remember what happened listen. to the 550 at Cincinnati? I yeah, think I came within an inch like eight times. And the ninth time, I just I caught the tail onto the tarmac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We got RCHO no, coming, though. Yeah. Nothing survives at RCHO. Let's put it this <laughs> That Drake Nitro, Ooh. you know, um, most likely will be flown with no two shits given about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over, the fire. Over the fire. Over the fire. Poor Heli's had such a bad life. <laughs> it's the Hoblin. It's got to yeah, go in at RCHO. If it goes in anywhere, it's, the Hoblin's got to go in at RCHO model. But I think if, if it's a really good challenge, since I need to replace, I got some chips on my crack and boom and this, that, and the other. You know, you never know. You make a good case. I might even do a little bit of uh, demolition derby with the crack and 700 nitro. Give her the little razzle dazzle. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, the, but it's got to be a good case on behalf of the group. You heard it here first, people. He's going to be uh, combat flying his crack in 700. Oh, man. You know, Love but like I said, it, you know, it's not going to be an easy sell, but I would consider it for the right price. And I'm not saying it's got to be money. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Mm. We already talked about you work to deal with Kevin already. Let's get to, <laughs> let's get back on track here. So, uh, challenge accepted, uh, Scott. <laughs> Excellent. There it is. So this is, uh, what I noticed is that Max Flybarrows unit, which is the new you know, Flybarrow's unit on the market that they're developing that Luca's working on. 
um, they had a video um, that it was running with a V basic receiver through the V control V touch. Mm. And it was like an S bus type setup. So I think for the longest time, I was under the impression that, you know, only Neos could run on the V control V touch. And I just found that interesting that there's apparently this one and Scotty said there's more that this even icons could do that. Yeah, anything the V the V bar receiver, the V basic they call it. Uh it can do a S bus out. It can also do PWM out too, I think it's called, where it's literally just the servo signals out. Mm-hmm. Um so you can choose either of those modes and communicate that way and plug it into any fly barless system. So like in theory, if you want to fly a what is it called? A an M two or an M one? Yeah, but use their fly barless system, not a Neo. You can do it that way. Wow. Uh, just run S bus out right into the the flight controller, and you don't need to have a touch either. The classic can do it too. It's it's the Neo itself that's doing the communication. Mm-hmm. So I know we talked about this uh, before we actually did the show. We had a little conversation, and I I think I said that I didn't know that that was possible, but I lied because when I actually first got my v-bar stuff i bought a bunch of v-basics because i wanted to slowly swap everything over yeah Um, and i tried to set up i forget what fiberless unit i was using then but i tried to set it up with the v-basic uh receiver and the problem that i ran into was like setting your throttle curves and the fiberless that i was using you had to use like the gear channel for setting your flight modes and stuff i believe and I'll, i couldn't figure out how to do all that crap through macro that. cells sir mm, okay yep. but yep. yeah it's not it's not intuitive like it's definitely something you're doing as a workaround it's i don't know why you would do it right well that's it i just i got frustrated just ended up upgrading all my v basics to actual neos and flume yeah I guess, you know, the biggest thing is if you started a transition, let's say you have a bunch of max flyer boss units and you want to try a V-Control, V-Touch, but, you know, not that it adds any value with the max per se, but if you're in the transition and you can't afford to get 10 Neos off the bat, you could still fly, potentially. Right, and that's kind of the the theory I did was I bought the V-Basics because they were cheaper. I can still fly the other models and use my new radio, uh, but in the end, I ended up just biting the bullet and upgrading all of them to Neos because it was much easier to set them up yeah. that way. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was one of the things, you know, just, I, I guess, I think we asked the question before, but I guess we never got the feedback from anyone that is doable, right? <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to, but definitely pretty cool that, you know, now we see that there is definitely that avenue that you could do that if you would like to why you would like to do it maybe you just like to try new things i don't know (laughs) so yeah so the next thing that i uh that scott brought up you know is pretty interesting is there's a, a potential change to the kraken gears inside the transmission scott uh yeah so the kraken transmission can accept the helical gears from the raw Um, so you can I think also kits that have been produced and shipped after November of 2020 also come with helical gears installed already 
So, I mean, the benefits are they're more efficient. You're not wasting as much power running straight gears. And um, they make less noise. So some people complained about the wine noise. It kind of sounds like a supercharger wine. Mm. with the cracking straight cut gears. So now it's not a problem. Cool. That's that's yeah. neat because it fits in the, underneath the same you know transmission case, right? Exactly. Neat. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty hot. Yeah, it's I'll different. Yeah, and that's about it. That's about all I had. I don't. You guys know of anything else you want to bring up, or we call it uh, a closed topic? Closed topic. All right. Well, we'll move into. Uh... Moving to the next deal. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So we've got into our next segment here. It's uh, new, hot off the press. This is hot off the press. We've got, (laughs) you might be a nitro head if... Gucci, what do we got for number one? Oh, man, you might be a nitro head if you're flying back-to-back all day while everyone else is checking their IRs and balance charging their packs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, coming in number two, you might be a nitro head if you think putting on a canopy is just too much damn work. (laughs) That's straight for Tom Shin right there. It is. Totally is. Mm -hmm. He just sells his canopies. He's like, fuck it. Yeah. So number three, you might be a nitro head if your garage looks like a scene uh, out of Breaking Bad with homebrewed buckets of nitro everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, coming in number four, we got you might be a nitro head if balancing your clutch stack seems more important than CG. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right, number five, you might be a nitro head if sipping a little nitro on Sunday morning tastes better than a venti-sized Starbucks cup of coffee. Mm, Mm -hmm. Like that. Number six, you might be a nitro head if a hot start seems like a good time. (laughs) Hell yeah, every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number seven, you might be a nitro head if you lick your fingers after... Fueling up. Oh, jeez. You don't do that, Mike? I do not. Oh, oh man. It just it man. just gets you going. You're That's like, right. yeah, I'm ready to fly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, coming in at number eight, we've got you might be a nitro head if you judge everyone else's tuning while watching their videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Let's get back to our scheduled program. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we do have a topic tonight, and it's brought to us by Brandon Leggett. Uh, he actually gave us this idea a few weeks back, and uh, it's more or less about, you know, how do we how do we run fun flies? Like, how do we get that started? What do we need to have, you know, or who do we have involved, etc. So we're going to get into that tonight. Yeah. So. This is actually going to work out pretty good because uh, me and Gucci are actually in the process of going through this stuff, um, setting up our 
the heli throwdown and a couple other events for our club for the season. So, uh, yeah, this this should be a pretty good one. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you know, this is not like we're going to give everybody the Bible of how to exactly do it. I think every location, every you know, club has different setups and they might have different consideration. But we just wanted to have a discussion of kind of what me and Mike encountered in developing like the whole Funfly plan. And, you know, hopefully I think even, you know, uh, Skids and uh, Fence Post, um, they have some experiences from their own Funflies that they might have uh, ran or attended potentially, you know, so I think it would be a good discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump right in. Okay. So I think, you know, we tried to break it into like kind of high level categories of, you know, the different phases of putting together a fun fly. So for me, I guess before you even do anything as far as registering your event or anything like that, I would call the first phase being decision time to have or not to have a heli fun fly. Okay. So, yeah, so with that, I think, you know, Mike uh, and I really and, and a group of others that are interested in putting uh, a fun flight together, our, our club, was what, what, you know, what do we discuss, Mike, for what drives for us to have that event? Right. Yeah, so I think the first thing uh, that you have to look at, um, and again, these are going to kind of go in order from like, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this Gucci or not, but from like the, the, the decision time all the way through, we're going to walk in order, like the process that we take personally, uh, like Gucci said, that doesn't mean it's the Bible. Um, it's just our process that we usually go through. So, uh, but I guess the first step is to decide what drives you to want to do the event. And I think for that is, um, like for us at our field was, you know, we wanted to have more people to fly with, you know? Right. Uh, you wanted to see if there was other people in the area. We would get like a couple guys that would show up and say, "Oh yeah, we used to fly helicopters and blah blah blah." And it's like, okay, well, maybe there is a lot more people than we think in this area that are doing what we're doing, and we have no clue that they're even out there. Um, so that was the biggest thing for us was just you know getting more people to enjoy the hobby with. Um. So what about you know um so to speak, uh, fundraising for our club, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of clubs that use fun flies to raise money for their club, you know, mm-hmm. um, and usually it's not because they, they want to, you know, skim off the top, but there's, you know, some clubs, clubs want not only to take care of their grounds, but also maybe make improvements, i.e. shower houses or, you know, uh, a clubhouse or something like that. Mm-hmm. So right. that could be also a determining factor is, and I think, you know, for at least for, for us this year, that became kind of like also um, a higher priority per se, is we still want to bring our friends together and, and have a good time and have fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we as a club, although we have 70 members, you know, our cost for our club, because we have a runway, well, they're quite considerably, you know, high um, for the amount of members that we have. So we said, you know, why not put an event, donate, so to speak, our time to organize it and put some cool events together with hopes that we could raise a little bit extra money for our club. And hopefully we could do it again next year. 
So that could yeah. be a consideration. Yeah. So I, you know, that would fall into like, you know, what do you, what type of event do you want to have? Do you want to have a, something that's going to raise money for the club or are you looking for something a little bit more laid back, you know, just a weekend you can lock out your club field from all the airplane guys and, and just hang with your buddies. And you know what I mean? You, you're the only people there. Um, so that would be the two things that I can think of, um, you know, the way you could, would structure it. I'm, I mean, there, there's probably other ones, but those are probably the, the two main ones. Um, what about, I think this is from skids. What about doing a fun fly because it's badass? <laughs> you know? yeah that's there's always that one you know I, I, I mean but here's the deal it's like generally speaking especially when people come out of the woodworks you know where they don't have anyone or they only have one or two people that fly helis with them in their area and they go to one of these events and they see all these high caliber pilots potentially that's pretty mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. and to me that that's potentially what you why you would do it is because you think it's badass and potentially you're going to have some badass pilots there, you know? So that's, that's kind of a plus two to put together an event like that. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's also, uh, to gain exposure for your club, you know, exposure for yeah. your hobby. Sure. Um, a lot of people do very professional driven fun flies where it's almost like a, like a model air show, I guess you would call it. Uh, where they're announcing what the model is that's flying, the pilot's name, uh, the components that he's using, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, that's one way that you could do it for sure. So, I guess, Gucci, what would be the first step of So now you know what you, you know, what type of event you want to do, why you want to have it, what's the first thing that you need to do? Well, I guess at this point, you kind of start going, you know, you could potentially start doing your official process um to get get a sanctioned right by the ma right, right. but I mean, in order uh to take a step back in order to get it sanctioned you have to become an event cd so a contest director yeah right. or an event manager or find somebody right that has one right yes you know and and the idea behind it is that um that person <clears throat> is supposed to be there during the entire event. Mm-hmm. right so that gets tricky right because i think a lot of people uh potentially could think oh yeah i'm just gonna put a fun fly but to have it sanctioned by the ma which i i guess it, it gives additional coverage um umbrella coverage for the event um it really um you really need to have that cd is important you yeah. know because yeah, you're not gonna you- be able to do it you need to, if you're going to CD the event, if you're going to put your name on the paper, uh, you need to be at the event uh, from start to finish. Uh, you also need to have a safety officer, a designated safety officer for the event um, from start to finish. So anytime that somebody's on the field flying, you need to have those two things present. So, uh, so yeah. if you're picking somebody, make sure it's somebody that's going to be able to, to, to spend the time there for the event, I guess. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back years, years ago, when me and Kevin started, you know, we did our first fun fly. We didn't do that because literally we were like five member club <laughs> yeah. in the middle of, you know, a place where I think 
total for that the whole city we had about five pilots active heli pilots yeah yeah so we didn't know any better right yeah but i think now um after talking with mike and going to a bunch of foam flies i think you know you you know that's it behooves you to go through and find yourself a cd and a safety officer you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i when we first did our our first event we have we had uh one of our guys from the club um he's no longer in our club but uh he he offered to cd it for us and we're like oh yeah great that'd be awesome and the the day of the event he shows up and kind of like tosses the the papers at us out of his car window doesn't even get out of the car and just says oh here's the paperwork you need uh we'll see you later i'm not really feeling too well and took off and we're like uh you know we me and uh dave the guy that uh we do the heli event with is we're just staring at each other like we have no clue what needs to be done what's supposed to happen you know it was kind of like a crash course we sat there and kind of looked over the paperwork he gave us and had to you know figure it out so um yeah i mean it's it for us, it was okay. We both need to go and and become CDs. That way, we don't have to deal with this again. You know what I mean? That way, if if I can't be here, you can be here, and vice versa. So, um, and it's been working good since since then. So, um, so now that we 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 got our CD certificate, right? So now the next step would be to get it approved through your club that's going to host your event, whether it's the club that you belong to, or if you're going to host it at, uh, you know, a club that's in your area. So that's something that needs to happen. You, you can't just kind of show up and say, Oh, Hey, by the way, I locked this place down is here's the sanction paperwork. Nobody's allowed to fly here except for who's coming to the event. So you need to get it cleared through the club that you're going to host it at. Um, and that's usually a process of, you know, going to the club meeting uh, or giving it to a club officer to present to the club at the meeting, and typically it gets voted on whether or not they, you know, want to see the event happen, or if they don't want to see the event happen. So uh, that's an important step in the process. Um. So what else, Gucci? We got those two out of the way so far. Yeah. So then, then you really your CD, whoever the assigned CD is, you know, kind of goes through the MA sanction process, which is just done online, right? Super mm-hmm. easy. You just log in, but there is a fee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for our club, for example, the fee is covered by the club. So you just right. keep your receipt. You submit it to your treasurer potentially, or you know, you could say I I got discovered. You know, no need to give me money, but it's twenty five bucks. Right. You know, so this is where it's kind of what happens, kind of, sort of speaking, the background, you submit your event location, the type of event it is. And I think for our fun fly, it's just, it's a class Charlie, right? Which is just a general fun fly, no limitations, no events or comp, or no, not no events, but no competitions or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, but it's mostly important to do to go through the process because in the meantime when you submit that that application the maa uh, actually checks and looks at are there any events similar events of the same class within x amount of miles of your event in the Mm -hmm. same weekend and potentially if there's a uh if there's an issue where there is they might 
tell you that hey we're not going to approve this because there's already three events in 100 miles or whatever the case may be so right and the the uh real quick the the ama website now actually gives you uh sanctioned events that are close to your area uh, while you're doing the sanction process, so while you're actually going through the process of creating that sanction online, when you put your dates in, the next screen is going to pop up and it's going to say there's uh, there's these, you know, this event's going on this this many miles away, uh, this event's going on this many miles away, and you can kind of pick and choose like, okay, well that's you know that's a free flight event that's not going to affect us in any way. We're not going to affect them in any way. So. Um, you know, obviously you would keep going that if there's another helicopter event that's close by, then it might be worth contacting the club and, you know, see if you guys can work together on coming up with another date or, um, you know, see if it's going to be an issue if you do it on the same date that they are just out of respect for that club, you know? Yeah. What it doesn't do, though, it doesn't coordinate... You know, it doesn't tell you if there's other heli events, even if, you know, they might not be close. Because you know how, like, our hobby or heli section is so small mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you, you might have to go above and beyond the MA sanction to potentially coordinate from a heli standpoint. Are there any other major events going on, let's say, on the East Coast that, you know, potentially people go to? And because you, you don't want to fight over a weekend. Right. Um, you know that there's no point in that so yeah i think uh there was an attempt by steve right um he did like an event a heli event coordination group to discuss dates oh I, yeah yeah you know i don't know if that went anywhere else but that was the point is to potentially look at it from a heli specific you know um you know when when are heli events happening so we don't step over each other Right, kind of like a you know a place you can go and check to see if your date's already taken by somebody else. So, I mean, Uh, honestly, not even having that group, I would just go on a hangout and just put up a post. I'm thinking about having an event on this date. Anything out there on this date? Right. Uh, The the guys in our area usually um, they call each other. You know, like we I got a phone call from Leroy Hall the other day. He's getting ready to set up the Cincy Smackdown and wanted to make sure. Uh, he wasn't stepping on our toes for the dates for our event. So uh, that goes a long way. It's an easy way to do it. You know, if you know the people that are doing the events, make some phone calls. Um, it just, you know, it makes makes everybody happier. You know, there's nothing worse than planning this big giant event and you're hoping and praying that you're going to get all these people to show up and you find out somebody else yeah. uh, 20 miles away is doing the same thing and you kind of, you know, you you kind of squash each other's thing. So you might get a phone call. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people get very upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got a phone call. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were having uh, our fun fly in Ladson. And um, and there was, a, of course, it was largely an airplane event. But uh, the coordinator, uh, I knew him and he knew me, of course. And he called me up and he's like, you're really having an event on the same day. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I doubt we're going to step on your toes. But we were kind of pigeonholed to that date and but yeah long story short of it is is you know people will give you a call (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's not that they're they want all of us to succeed i think is the deal you know but uh i think you said too though mike you know it's it's almost kind of difficult these days to not step on somebody's toes you know 
Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of events. So. Yeah. Like, yeah what's, what's the worst case? Like you double book, and then the other person who ran the other event shows up at your event. Mm. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I feel like that's happened before. <laughs> I can't believe you wrote that off, Scott. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Sorry, Monty. Uh, <laughs> it happens, though. You know, it, it, I think it comes to a point where you just do your best. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, just, but th- these are factors when you go do your sanction you know, um, you need to consider about when it comes to dates. Because once you sanction it, it's kind of set, right, at that point. I mean, you could change dates, but, you know, I, I don't think you want to go and change the dates 20 times because all these events keep hitting you in the face, you know? So. Yeah. Well, okay, so you got your, you know, once the sanction is approved, right, and you receive the email that everything is hunky-dory, right? I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, you're, you're sanctioned, so it's happening where it's happening right it's it's mm-hmm. speak set in stone short of covid19 or covid20 or whatever it is or weather potentially and you know weather does not stop a helipilot to be honest uh, up up here in canada we it's rain or shine buddy yeah <laughs> so i mean what's the next step you know mike would you kind of start kind of forming the plan of attack for the for the whole fun fly yeah, I think uh, I think the next logical step would be to figure out, you know, what uh, chain of events you want to happen there. Are you going to do any kind of uh, like little fun fly games like bottle knock and, you know, stuff like that? Uh, auto contests. Uh, if you're going to do raffles, what time you're going to do the raffle, what day you want to do the raffle, uh, pilot's dinners, what time you want to have that happen, you know. Uh, you need to kind of get a, a timeline together on how you want the fun fly to look. Um, sounds easier than it is, because once you start kind of digging into stuff, you're like, oh, man, we really, it seems like there's no time to fly, you know? So it's, you got to be careful with how much stuff you're doing. Um, but yeah, that would be the next thing is is to, you know, kind of get your schedule together. And then once you get that schedule together, so now you need to kind of fill that schedule with vendors or, um, you know, product or whatever you're looking to do. So, you know, for food, if you're if you're going to have food on that schedule, you need to find a food vendor um, and you need to decide on a menu. If, if your club is going to be the one that supplies the food, you need to figure out, you know, what kind of food you're going to sell, where you're going to get it from, who's going to cook it. Uh, all that stuff needs to happen fairly early on. It's a lot easier to deal with early on than it is to scramble last minute and try to find somebody that's going to, you know, you can throw on a grill and flip hamburgers for you. Um, kind of get that locked in. If you're going to get a vendor, a lot of vendors need some pretty good notice. And what we found is a lot of vendors will actually need like a promised head count before they'll even commit to coming out. Um, especially the like the the bigger food vendors that have multiple trailers they they don't want to deal with little events so if you got 20 30 guys bringing a food vendor there you might just piss them off if you're only going to you know sell on Saturday they come out they might you know make 100 bucks or something like that it might not even be worth their time and then when you go to use them again when it gets bigger they're they're going to remember that you know they made no money there so they're not going to want to come out so 
what we found is if you're going to do um, a smaller event, then it's easier and it's actually more beneficial just to cook yourself. Um, if you have the ability to do that through the club. Uh, so you would, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Simple menu items. Uh, a lot of clubs will do like French fries, stuff like that. They'll fire up a deep fryer of some sort um, and create a menu and find out what you're going to sell that for. And then, you know, obviously your club is going to get the the profit from the food, which is usually a, a nice a nice profit. It's a nice way to raise money. So right. Um. So that's the food part of it. Then we would have uh, what would be next, Gucci? Well, uh, I kind of want to give them. Um a little bit of information on our battle with food. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So what we, in our situation for, for 2021, um, we literally did not have anyone that could say, you know, that said, I'll run the food for the event that truly was from the club that would run like, so to speak, the food uh, table. And that's, that's the number one thing is like you need to have the support from your potentially from your club at times, but nowadays, you know, everybody's busy, you know, they might not have, they might be on vacation, so on and so forth. So for us, we found out that we just didn't quite have the support. And in the event that we get 50, 60, 70 people, we just could not support that, you know, um, without taking a lot of risk. Right. So for us, we just worked it through a nonprofit organization, Reach for Veterans, for them to handle the food. The only bad part about that is that the club is not making any extra money, but the money they make is going to a good cause. Right. So we could kind of say, yeah, we didn't make any extra money. However, it is going to a good cause. Right. You know, because, you know, you know, there's people out there that say, well, you know, like Kevin, he was like, well, I, you know, why don't we smoke, uh, smoke uh, pork butt? I said, that's fine, but how do you, it's very hard sometimes to really gauge how many people you're going to have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're either going to undershoot by a lot or overshoot by a lot, potentially. So th- there's all these nuances that you, you really have to more or less have a group of people that will handle all that, at least two, three to say we'll handle all of that we'll make the menu we'll cook we'll sell and do all of that you know and if you don't have that it's almost for us it was just easier to find this nonprofit. so we're still doing good yet you know we it's not like our risks so to speak right you know? and the, the nonprofits are usually easier to uh get to do this kind of stuff because you know they're they're out there hustling, trying to raise as much money as they can for, you know, whatever uh, thing that they're, you know, they're putting their time into. So uh, you'll get better luck trying to get one of those to do a smaller event than you would uh, a, a bigger food vendor that's going to bring a trailer, like a concession trailer, something like that. And is, is what we found anyways. Um, and the nonprofits are usually they have a couple things going on so if they don't use everything if it ends up you know not being the participation you know the spectators and stuff aren't as uh as high as what you thought the numbers were going to be uh usually they have another way to utilize that stuff that they couldn't use because the you know the the head count was down um Typically, that following weekend, they would have some other event that they're cooking food for, so they would have a way to kind of eat that 
you know, get rid of that stuff without having to get stuck with the, the extra cost and throwing it in the garbage. Um, so that's definitely one thing to keep in mind for sure. Yep. So let's talk about controversial, Mike. Mm. <laughs> controversy? To so, raffle or not to raffle? Yeah. I, so, say, I say raffle. Yes. I, I am team raffle. Um, okay. 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 Or, uh, let's raffle for two hours. Ooh. So that's the kicker. Uh, I think you need to be very, very cautious of what you do with your raffle. Um, a lot of people get very burned out very quickly uh, when a raffle goes on for an hour, two hours, and you're you know you're dishing out Velcro straps one at a time. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> lose interest real quick, and they don't want to be ignorant and walk away from the raffle. So it's you know what I mean. They're kind of stuck there, and it you know that stuff it's it's not it's not fun um, so here here's the difference though okay yes here's the part that i don't like is when people are saying it's raffle time and then they say everybody land i don't think you should have to land like if you don't want to participate in the raffle then go fly do you boo you know i agree with that okay but i don't like the fact that you know that they some folks will say you need to land you know, uh, because me personally, same as you, Mike, um, you know, being on a team, being sponsored, I don't really want to participate in raffles, mm-hmm. you know, because it's I, I don't find it fair. I don't think it's OK. Mm-hmm. This just me personally. I'm not trying to push my agenda on anybody else. But being a sponsored person, I don't I don't feel comfortable doing that. Right. Um, so, you know, but the raffles from the other side of it, taking the club side. You know, this is also a way that that clubs, you know, also uh, make a little mon- money to put back into the account. You know, because if they mm-hmm. sell extra raffle tickets, you know, then that helps the club out. And let's be honest: at the end of the day, fun flies are yes, badass. They're fun. Uh, it's fun for everyone, even the people who are hosting it. But the core reason that a lot of people do this is is just as I think you guys outlined early on is that sometimes it's to help maintain your field or build new facilities or to increase you know the uh show of people where people you know you can get to, uh take more people on right where like maybe you mm-hmm. can do RV sites instead next time right and it's a way to grow your field and grow attendance and make the hobby for people who come to your field on a regular basis or even on fun flies, it makes it that much more enjoyable for, or comfortable even for that, you know, for the people that, that show up. Right. So I don't want to like, just gloss over that. Like for me being team raffle, (laughs) even though I don't participate for those that do, there's a lot of people that pour a lot of money into tickets and, you know, wanting to win, but that money ultimately, you know, helps the club. Right. Right. And so that that to me is important. And not only uh, not only, you know, you take the time for the people that, you know, that put the money in to help, you know, help promote the club and and support the club. uh, But I also look at, you know, even if you don't participate and I'm not, you know, trying to knock on the whole, you know, don't, you know, keep flying if if the raffle's going on. But um me personally, if there's a raffle going on, typically I try to attend it, whether I'm involved in it or not. 
uh, just because I feel personally that it shows some support and some respect for the brands that took the time to donate to these clubs to support them and help them raise money. So you're kind of like giving them a little bit of something is how I see it. That's fair. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're not blowing it off like, ah, you know, whatever you're, you're putting in, you know, they took the time, donated the product and you're, you're donating some time to watch that product be given out and distributed to people. And, um, might be a different way to look at it. That's just kind of how I seen it is if there's a raffle going on, usually I go and at least attend it and watch it if I'm not participating in it. Um, but yeah, it's it's very controversial because there's a lot of people that say raffles are no longer a thing. Uh, people just want to show up and fly, and I I believe there's some truth to that. But I do believe that it's a it's a like Kevin said, it's a big way for clubs to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. You know, this hobby is getting smaller; it's not getting cheaper. And even if you don't want to do uh upgrades to your field and everything's good you're making money and you're you know your club's doing well well that fun fly that you're attending still costs them a lot of money to put on that's right uh and to help them kind of cushion that blow if it's a small event and they don't get the turnout they're expecting they're gonna take a loss and it's you know you people if you do a fun fly you're not making a lot of money unless you're bringing in you know 100 plus pilots your club's not really making a lot of money, just barely breaking over even most times. Right. Um, unless you got a club that hustles, you know, if you got a club that's flinging food and doing this and doing that and, you know, 50 fifties and all this stuff, that's, mm-hmm. you could, you can do pretty well. But I think most clubs are just barely breaking even to do the fun flies. And uh, so me, that raffles are important. I'm definitely team raffle. Here's a good example too, before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's kind of the same, but not really. Um, but but I'm pointing out something is look at Triple Tree. You know, because of the fact that they shut down all of their events for the year, they towards the end of the year had to start opening up lines for donations because they were they were hurting for money. So right. because of the fact that they did not put on events, they missed out on that revenue to keep the place afloat. And so there again, that's yeah. why I'm I'm pro raffle as well. I think raffles do attract uh, certain people in the hobby. I don't mean that yes. in a negative negative way, by the way. I'm just saying there are no, certain I, people that really enjoy raffles. You know? Yeah, I know. I know people that go to fun flies just for the raffle. Mm-hmm. They, they they barely fly. They just want to go for the thrill of winning something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's fine. That's that's what it's for. You know what I mean? That's you want to go and. Uh, throw some money in and do that. That's that's your thing. Then awesome, you know. Um, but I think, like I said, they're dragging them out for two hours. That's it's getting a little, you know. That kind of raffle is where I kind of you start to lose me on the team raffle thing. <laughs> so maybe maybe quality versus quantity. You know, right. do one or two bigger items and just be done, right? Mm-hmm. And just make it quickly and painlessly and just move forward one thing that i want to note is i did see at the full mow down rather than doing raffles they got they brought over all the uh the items that were donated for the raffle and they didn't do a raffle they just put it on the table at nighttime and whoever night flew got to choose something off the raffle table so to speak yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to get rid of of 
of stuff if you have a lot yeah. of product you know like, like you know stickers and lanyards and right that kind of stuff like to me it's like and it, it was awesome because there was a you know i think he was out of charlotte you know younger kid just now starting to fly he hovered and he got to choose something off the table he's just in his face that's awesome you know yeah. so i i i think like i think raffles in good taste let's put it leave it at that mm-hmm. you know and if if you do get uh, a bunch of like smaller product like tail blades and and velcro straps and uh stuff like that but another way to kind of distribute that without shutting down the flight line for an hour or two and doing it that way is uh what we did when you registered to fly there's a number next to your name so we would count how many uh people we had at the field off a registration sheet we would put it on a piece of paper throw it in a hat pick a number out throughout the day we're picking numbers left and right and you just call that person up and say hey you you know you you get a pilot prize Uh, and they get to come up and choose something off the table that way so kind of the same thing as you know flying you you get something but this way if you register you're going to walk away with something when we pick your number you know um and that way you don't have to shut anything down you just announce their name over the pa if they come up they come up if they don't you, you move on to the next one so um yeah so um how do you get the items for the raffles <laughs> yes how you know this is probably the everlasting question right i mean you you could buy it all right through the use of club funds okay. and, and hope and dreams that you know you make more um but the, you know the big thing about this one is contact vendors early on mm-hmm. yep you know I think this is kind of how we're doing it is we started planning now, you know, we're starting to contact to see what opportunities are out there. Right. You know, uh, you start too late. Most vendors set themselves like a sort of speak, like a limit for what they're going to donate or give towards raffles in throughout the year. So, you know, you might, you know, not get anything just because they, they ran out of their quota for the year. Mm-hmm. So, keep that in the back of your mind that if you are looking, you know, that you, there might be some opportunities for stuff to be donated to you. Um, just, I would say, just pick wisely, so to speak. You know, like um, I guess you could send out like a blanket email to everybody and anyone, but that kind of goes back to what we just talked earlier. It's like you, you know, do you need to do that if you just try to be stay targeted to? one big raffle or two big raffles and that's it mm-hmm. you know so yeah i, th- I think you know we're, we're we're lining up and the people are coming they're lining up to 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 say you know yeah i'll, I'll provide something to you right uh and then the other thing too is I, I think you know maybe don't even talk to to potential vendors about raffle prizes but you know some vendors like a main uh have flight teams Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe their quote unquote, you know, donation to the club is having some of their flight team, traveling flight team come out to you. Right. You know, so keep that in the back of your mind. You know, it's not necessarily about uh, a battery, but it could also be about having some quality pilots attend your fun fly. So, you know, it, it creates an impact. Right. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And also, uh, real quick. When you're contacting the vendors uh, or your sponsors, whatever you're lining up, make sure that you're professional about it. 
Uh, don't send them an email and just say, hey, we need some stuff for our fun fly. You know, try to <laughs> write a professional email. Um, I mean, these guys, most of these, these company owners and the sponsors are in the hobby. Uh, most of them are pretty laid back, but that's, you know, that's not the way that you, you try to handle business. You try to be professional about it. So sure. Uh, keep that in mind as well, you know. Oh, by the way, it helps that when you attend other fun flies, you go potentially like if you see Shannon, don't be afraid to talk to him. Introduce yourself. Right. So hopefully next time, like or when time comes that you're doing a fun flight and you contact him, he might remember you might have a face associated to the name and say, oh, yeah, I met him at this. You know, like, yeah, that, that seems like maybe I'll go out of my way to to help him out. Right. You know, so. Uh, this next one's another big one. It is a big one. You need to make sure you got music. Music's important. Very important. If you don't have music, somebody's going to find music, and I guarantee you it's not going to be music you want to listen to. But let me let me be, be clear about this. If it's not like Dillinger Escape Plan or Metallica, I'm not coming. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know what the problem with music is, Kevin? If it's from the 1940s and you hired a planker to DJ your helicopter fun fly, oh, you're done <laughs> right. fucked up. If you, if you feel like you're at a classic car show, <laughs> you probably should find a new DJ. If you start reaching up to your mustache and start curling it, you're at the yeah. wrong damn place. Yep. If you, so, know, you know what's my problem with music, though? What is it? It always makes me lose control. So, you know, I don't mm. know if I'm on, on team music over here. No. <laughs> yes, you are. Back. Yeah, no, it needs to be, you know, kind of thought out. And not yep. to mention, if you have families, you know, Keep like, I, yeah, I mean, I know we're all adults, but there might be families, you know, mm-hmm. in the background somewhere. Yep. So hopefully you don't put on the song that says, I want to eat your children. Mm. Why or not? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, if you provide earmuffs <laughs> for all the kids, maybe. Yeah, you know, not just got to be tasteful, right? Sure. Um, at the same time, it doesn't need to be elevator music, mm. right? You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's all I refer to that type of music like elevator music. I'm yeah. about to fall asleep. He so. means Frank Sinatra. Gotcha. Yep. And not only <laughs> children, uh, you know, there's other other religions and stuff that that don't like certain types of music. So is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. Is I mean, cool? I can, yeah. If there's somebody who's very religious. I don't think they would appreciate Megadeth, is all I'm saying. <laughs> then you just give them August Burns Red, bro. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I hope somebody got that. Kevin, okay. I took you for more of a Hanson kind of guy. Is that right? Yeah. Damn. You know, pitch pump into Umbop. Oh, man. So, since Mike is talking, how about we talk about some trash? Oh, that's I felt the heat off that one. <laughs> that, that's an important one for me. I got to have a place to put my helicopter when I'm done with it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So trash collection, so, you know, some kind of plan, right? You know, I'm not saying we're not saying hire a company, but, you know, you should have a plan, you know, even if yes. it means having extra bags, you know, multiple multiple trash cans works. The best is what we found. Uh, if people don't have to walk far, they won't leave it on the ground in most cases. If it's if you have one can in the center of the field and you got a nice long fun fly, you're going to be picking up trash when the event's over with. 
Yeah. What if the the whole field is a trash can? You just uh, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Did it used to be a landfill? Yeah, this, just that's a good point. Just that shit in. Let's you know, <laughs> bring a shovel. <laughs> yeah, oh. and and I think that could be even done through like Boy Scouts or ROTC, some of these nonprofit organizations out there too. No, right, we're adults. Out. Just make sure there's enough trash cans where people don't have to walk very far. Come on, clean yeah, it up. Think of my field. <laughs> yeah, you need a trash can. Period. What the hell? Yeah, there's yeah. none. <laughs> So we were just talking about that, Scott, that, you know, have some kind of plan, even if it means bags, right? I mean, just do your best, I guess, based on how many people you have attending, you know? If you you go to an event and there's not a trash can, take it with you. Don't leave it on the ground. Just throw it on the ground. Right. Uh, Yeah, be an adult about it. Yeah. Because somebody's got to go clean that stuff up. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen anyways, but don't make it worse for him. My God. Come on, people. I mean, Mike does it every weekend. Yeah. You know, he puts his his trash in the car like his Spectre. (laughs) Oh, shots fired. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Got no comeback for that, dude. Oh, my God. I do, but I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast. Yes, it is. Just let it rip, man. I mean, we got a good editor. Mm. He can make wonders I'll, I'll do a little no bit no one will ever hear silence. it Mike. go okay. ahead yeah, yeah yeah no i'm 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 gonna be the bigger man <laughs> well, if we're gonna yeah. edit this anyway yeah. then we should edit oh my god how could you say that <laughs> <laughs> just put a beep, beep. Yeah. 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 Start going. oh my god you know and it's <laughs> the reason why i think we brought this up mike because you know we also saw it you know, kind of happen where people didn't collect after themselves, right? right. When we went to some of the phone flies. Yeah. So. Yep. The next yeah. one, uh, you need to make sure you got goblin store. I mean, quarter potty. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, what you're about to say is by far one of the most important things to have at a farm fly. Hey, listen, yeah. that's, that's where I'm going to hydro dip my canopy and make it blue. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Textured. So, porta potty, right? Yes, yes. You need to have at least a porta potty, if not multiple porta potties. Um, they're not cheap, they're expensive, and you need, if you're going to have multiple days, make sure that they're clean. Uh, there's nothing worse than having to use the bathroom and walking into a anthill of uh, stuff piling out of the rim of that thing. And Ooh. yeah, it's but- it can get bad really fast and you would be surprised how, how quick they get dirty. Why do you let Bob do that, man? <laughs> Love you, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if you can only get one, uh, I would recommend having it cleaned at some point through the event if it's going to be multiple days. Hmm. Uh, at the very least, check on it, wipe, you know, spray some stuff in there. Keep it, you know, keep it clean. People don't want to use a terrible restroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so question for you, uh, our last uh, event last year, I kept seeing Dave spray like he had like a a spray bottle, like a bigger like mm-hmm. so that you put your fertilizer on the grass or you know it's mm-hmm. like a pump bottle. 
what did he have in there that he kept spraying in the portal pot? So that was uh, that was for our field to comply with the health uh, mm-hmm. thing with COVID. So we had to sanitize the restroom area mm. um, yeah. a few times a day. So that was uh, some kind of sanitizing solution, I guess you can call it Clorox okay. and whatever. Um, just to keep the uh, you know the to stop the spread, I guess, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's just that. It's like, you know, sometimes you could keep it clean just right. self-means, right? You don't have to bring somebody out there from the company that rents you the porta potties. Right, yeah. It costs so, you more. I mean, don't go in there with a, with, a, with a soup ladle and try to clean it yourself that way. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, if it's that bad, you need to call a professional. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Man, I, I think that's a lot of kind of planning, right? We talked a lot mm-hmm. of planning. So once we got all this planning done, right, I guess let's talk to our resident Facebook advisor, Mr. Scott Graham, and tell us, like, how do you, you know, kind of what have you done with the events that you've been involved with? How did you get the word out? Uh, the book faces. The book faces, okay. Book only, faces. only fans. Only fans. <laughs> <coughs> only fine events. Um, <laughs> assortments of, of shenanigans. Would you say like word of the mouth too, from person to person, uh, through yeah. your friends and yeah, that's some local people. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys uh, the event that you had? You had a flyer, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I photoshopped a bunch of flyers and put them out and. Uh, I don't know if it actually happened. A-Main was talking about putting it on their uh, email blast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever went down, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about the Facebook uh, event group? Did you guys do that? Not a group. It was under the actual just Facebook page. Okay. That we made for it, yeah. But that seemed to work pretty good. I mean, we had a basic idea of how many people were going to show. It's not as good as that like flight deck thing that was out for a while. That thing was the... They freaking cats meow, but I guess they decided it wasn't profitable, so they were going to can it. Yeah. So, it's unfortunate. So, we used even back in the day, you know, we're old, uh, me and Kevin used like Heli freaking Run Rider. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of long gone. I think generally right now, I think you're going to see a lot of Facebook, but more importantly, just connecting with your friends that you have on the hangout or, you know, just in the hobby generally. Right. You know, now that that's a way to get pilots there. But what about spectators? Um, have you guys ever reached out to like local news stations, uh, newspapers, radio stations, stuff like that? I haven't. No. I, we yeah, we me and Kevin didn't back in the day. No. Uh, well, and that's, I guess that's my, my cautious self is when we are, you know, in our group here for our club, we were talking about that. Um, I don't know if hell events are really driven by truly bringing uh, spectators, right? I think most hell events is just people already in the hobby, you know, right. like our focus yeah, we- is not bringing in local people. Yeah, we kind of had a chat about that, and I, I have a theory. Um, it's, in my personal opinion, it seems like events now are more like turning into family reunions almost. Uh-huh. Um, so it's people 
showing up that already know each other or that live in the same area gathering together to fly at a certain time of the year in the same location. It doesn't seem like the heli side of it has too many like actual uh like hobby I don't want to say hobby promoting because they they do promote the hobby but I guess like trying to to you know get exposure in your local area I guess you could say. Um they don't doesn't they don't seem to advertise to the spectators as much as like what you would see from maybe some you know local fun flies from some airplane guys or whatever it seems like they kind of drive some stuff to you know the spectators uh the heli guys just kind of want their buddies there and want to fly and you know there's not many events that are driven to drag spectators in so i don't know if it's that they don't bring spectators in or that the spectators don't know that it's there you know what i mean um so i think Trying to reach out to the spectators. If if you're looking to raise money, that's where you're going to raise a lot of money because you're going to get people bringing their kids to watch. Uh, their kids are going to drive the parents crazy about buying a ticket for a helicopter or whatever you have sitting on the table. They're going to want to win it, so you're going to pull some money out of their pocket. They're going to eat food. They're not going to you know want hungry kids whining and crying on the way home, so they're going to buy food while they're there. Uh, and most of them will actually donate some money. Uh, our club in the past used to have a tent at the drive-in like when you pull in the driveway and we had a bucket a guy with a bucket there asking for a donation to get into the event as you know from the spectators and obviously if you're a pilot you're paying to fly you wouldn't have to donate um and even if you're a spectator you didn't have to donate but you know you have the ability to you know try to get that donation from somebody if you're looking to raise as much money as you can out of the event um so we you say through the radio stations and news channel, maybe. Yeah. You, so the reach out. Yeah, the, we've had the news out there with the news, the local news stations. It's kind of weird because every time that we reach out to them, they claim they're going to come on like the Friday. Because ideally, you know, we tell them show up on Friday. The big day is usually Saturday. That way, people see it on the night news. Um, they'll you know make plans to come out in the morning and see the best day that they're going to see out there. Uh, but typically what would happen is the news would actually show up on Sunday when everybody's packed up and gone and want a little interview. Then they put it on their news station Sunday night and people are, you know, never got a chance to see it. Or they show up on Saturday and do a thing and people are showing up on Sunday to see it and everybody's packing up and leaving, hitting the road while people are coming in to see see a show. So. If you're going to reach out to the news, I, I would be very uh, stern on when you want them out there, if they're going to come at all. Uh, if they're not going to be able to make the date that you tell them, then I would just tell them not even waste your time because it's just going to create a, a, a headache for people showing up when everybody's leaving and you got to kind of stick around and you feel bad. So you throw something in the air for them or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's those are ways you can get the, the public out there rather than the pilots, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so let's let's kind of transition it now. Mm -hmm. You did all this planning, you got the word out. What do you like give us some some ideas of what you have done in between, you know, planning phase and the day of the event? Okay, so you have your game plan together. 
now you need to find out how you're going to make that happen at the event, right? Um, so you need to come up with uh, committees almost uh, or groups of people that will, you know, run your food for you if you're going to be cooking food. Uh, you need to have workers to run the registration for you. Um, you need to make sure that any food vendors that are coming, if you did go with the vendor route, make sure that they are still on schedule and that everything's still going to be uh, good to go. And, you know, if you had any last minute donations or if, if you reached out to somebody early on in the year for a sponsor donation um, and they tell you, you know, hey, let us know when you get closer to the event. You need to start reaching out to them to let them know, you know, time's closing in because they're busy. They're not focused on when your event's happening. So you kind of need to, you know, keep putting that in their ear. Um, so that's, you know, you need to get committees together, figure out what kind of people you're going to have running the show. Because if you don't, you're going to be running around like a maniac and you're not going to want to do it again the next year. So, and you know, this also comes down to, like we mentioned earlier, with having people from your club uh, that want to help and want to support it and want to, you know, put the effort in. That helps a lot. If you don't, then you're going to need some really good friends to come out and kind of give you a hand. Uh, or a, a good wife with some good friends that will help you kind of get stuff going. <laughs> <laughs> or just eliminate having any kind of food committees and everything else. You know, just, yes. you're still coming? Yep. Okay, we're good. <laughs> yep. So, man, look at the day, you know, the the D-days the here. What do we do then, the day of the first, the first day of the event? So, for this one, you know, question, the day of the event, what do you do? I mean, generally speaking, the CD and the folks that are involved in the different, you know, parts of running the event should be there to a certain degree, right? So, to set up, um, you know, to do spectator boxes, uh, set up the registration area, set up music in the PA system. Uh, fly boxes, which is my main concern because I'm there to fly, you know. So, you know, it's pretty much just general setup. And if you're the organizer, it kind of would behoove you to be there, right? Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Absolutely. You know, and Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, one thing we didn't talk, it was like, how about the mowing before the day of the event or the weekend <laughs> of the event? Yeah, mm, you might want to have yeah. that done. Yeah. 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 So, the day of the event, I would say, if, if you didn't do some of those things, that's when you kind of have to do it, right? Yep. You know? No, don't be in too much of a hurry. Enjoy it, too, because not everybody's going to show up the first day, but right. it needs to be done, right? So, yeah. Right. Yep. Need to start checking some boxes. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, the event goes well. Everybody had a good time. <laughs> Um, so now it's, it's time to figure out what do we do, uh, when everybody leaves. Send Mike to the port johns Yep. Grab your soup ladle <laughs> and hit the can. Get, get your strainers <laughs> out. Um, yeah. So you need to make sure that the field is cleaned up. You need to go around cigarette butts uh and this is very important if you're if you're borrowing a field or renting a field that you do not belong to the club 
uh, or if it's not even a club, if it's somebody's property that you're doing this event at, you need to make sure there's no cigarette butts on the ground, uh, zip tie, tails, all that stuff, broken blades, tail blades, uh, all that stuff needs to be taken care of and, and put in the correct place. Uh-huh. Uh, make sure there's no trash floating around. If you have trash cans from a company that you rented, uh, drag those over to an area where they're all together to make it easy on the guys that are coming to pick them up uh, so they don't have to chase them around. They could just drive in with the truck, scoop them, and go. Um, you need to get the porta potties cleaned out because you're going to have members there the next weekend uh, ready to fly. So and if they drink enough coffee on the way, they're going to need to use the porta potty. Um, <laughs> Need to tear down all your flight lines, your spectator lines, uh-huh. caution tape, whatever you use, rope. All that stuff needs to come down and, and get put away, thrown away, uh, whatever you're going to do with it. Most clubs that do events a lot, they have some kind of like permanent stakes that they use. Um, so if you're borrowing those, make sure you return them and put them back in the right spot. And don't don't throw them in a pile in their clubhouse and say, thank you. Have a nice day. You know, put it where it's supposed to go. Put it away. Nice. Um, let's see. What else do we got? We have walk around a second time. So after you clean it up once, after you're done, you think you're ready to pull out and go home, walk around one more time and just make sure. And this goes, especially if it's not your club and you're borrowing it. Uh, you want to be respectful. You want to leave the place cleaner than it was when you got there. That way, if you decide you're doing it again, uh, there's no question that they would, you know, be more than happy with having you back out there. Right. Um, something that I I try to do is is send thank you emails uh, on your pilot registration form. People, there's a spot for people to put their email addresses down. Uh, I usually write up an email and say, you know, thanks for coming out and. Uh, we appreciate any donations that they made. If you know, any money that they spent on the club, you need to thank them for that. You know, they're supporting you and you know, it's a small gesture, but it's, you know, a lot of people remember that kind of stuff. Yep. So it's, you know, it's a big thing. Um, then you need to turn in your registration paperwork to your AMA district coordinator. So this is an important one, especially if you're doing, uh, if you're a CD. This needs to happen by a certain date. Usually it's a week or two you have to get that turned in. Uh, Don't stick it in your car and forget about it. Because then you won't get credit for it. So, And by credit, I mean, uh, if you CD an event through the AMA, you actually get half off of your AMA dues. So there's kind of a benefit. You get a little bit of a benefit for for CD and events. Wow. Um, You actually get to save a little bit of money when you go to renew your AMA. So if you don't turn that in, they have no way of knowing that you did that and that the event went through. Um, so turning that in is very important. Plus, if there's any kind of accidents that happen, there's accident reports that need to get filled out. Um, typically, if there's an accident or something that needs to be filled out at the time that the accident happens or fairly soon so that you have the details you need to put on the paper. Um and then start thinking about next year. Don't wait around. Don't put it off. You know, if you're usually I have a notebook sitting on my computer desk and, you know, if I come across something, I'll write it down or I'll call my, you know, Dave or whoever's helping with the events and I'll kind of run ideas by them and, you know, see what they think. So we're kind of always chewing on it and 
and thinking of different ways. You know, what did we like? What did what went good? What went bad? Uh, did we hear complaints on anything? And if we did, how do we fix it? Right. Um, it's like a debrief. Yes, yes, a debrief. Yeah. And one thing that I forgot to put in here that I guess would fall into uh, during the event, and this is an important one, is while your event's going on, make it a point to walk around, talk to your guests that are there, uh, the pilots that drove a long way to come see you, have conversation with them, uh, make sure they're having a good time, make sure, you know, is there anything we need, is there anything we can do for you, are you good, you need power, do you need this, do you need that? you need to make sure they're accommodated and they're comfortable. If you don't, if you, if you kind of turn into a hermit and you stay under the registration booth all day, uh, people remember that kind of stuff. You know, they, they want to come out and have a good time and, and meet new people, meet new friends. And if you're a hermit man under the canopy, then, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put that image out there that you guys are welcoming, you know? Right. Um, so that one's an important one. Uh, and yeah, I think that's pretty much the gist of it. So quick and easy. There's, there's <laughs> more, but we're not going to keep going. You probably go for days. If you really probably could. It. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I, I was going to bring that up, Mike, about, you know, walking around during the event as an organizer. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, like, you see this all like different events. You know, RCHO is one of them. Like, if you, you know, Jay Treadway doesn't stop the whole time the event is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always interacting. He's always coming up with something. But that's what it takes is about the atmosphere, you know? Right. So it's important for sure. Yep. That's all I have. I agree. Too. Well, with all this being said, and you guys, of course, preparing for your own event, what is the dates of your event? Hmm. Gucci, fill us in. The detail man. This year, only this year, we don't know about next year, but this year, the <laughs> dates are July 15th through the 18th, 2021, in North Jackson, Ohio. So um, if you want all the specifics, just shoot us an email at the Haley Heads account or just message us online and uh, we could give you guys the Facebook group uh, event page. Yeah. So. Yeah got a flyer we're probably going to post as sponsors come in we're going to post them on their uh updates we might even eventually put out a like how the field is made up um just a heads up our field is an old airport and we still have the paved runway so we we have space to work with Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we don't need to you know continue to be safe and everything else on our phone flies so we gotta have fun you know that's, that's number one Thing that no matter what fun fly you go to, I hope that that's one of the main rules is have fun. So yeah. I'm gonna shameless bug here real quick. Uh, <laughs> you can also get all the information from the club's website, and that's nighthawksrc.com. Nice. Uh, so we try to keep that pretty up to date. We also have like a little blog that we do. So throughout the year, uh, as stuff goes on on the weekends, we try to keep it updated and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. More news to follow on that for sure. So, yep. All right. Well, as Gucci mentioned earlier, uh, if you would like to reach out to us, uh, if you have questions, want to be an average Joe, show ideas, anything, please email us. We would love to hear from you. And that is at uh, 
theheliheadsshow at gmail.com. And uh, we have other ways to follow us around. Mike, what we got? We have our Facebook page. You guys can follow us on there. Uh, like it, share it, give it to your friends, feed it to your family. <laughs> uh, everybody should have access to our Facebook page for sure. Uh, we are also on Podbean and iTunes. You guys can reach out to us on there. Podbean has some commenting areas. Yeah. Uh, you can comment on each episode. Let us know what you think. Also, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Those are always fun to read. So Absolutely. Yep. Let's not forget, though, all the other podcast and video personalities. Absolutely. I, kn- I know me and Mike, we're in Canada. It's cold here. We <laughs> might not go flying, but we sure will listen to some other podcasts and then watch videos. Mm-hmm. I-, right. I watch Kevin and Scott fly, you know, because it's too cold to go outside. I'm a sissy. You know what I've been watching? What? Airplane. I've been- no, I've been trying <laughs> to learn how to... St- I've been trying to learn how to steam broccoli properly from Bill Ann. Glorious. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's a technique. I didn't realize that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, all um, in how, it's all in how you place the bag in the microwave. Wasn't there an appearance of uh, Joe Biden on Bill Ann 4, Fun with Tanks? <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to go see that one. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't see that yeah. Mm. It's mm. fresh. It is. Yeah, to yeah. look for it. So, All right. Well, let's oh, dive sniff, into some sniffing with Sleepy Joe. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, come on, man. So let's get into uh, parting words. Gucci, what you got? We we, we freshened up the list. Got to freshen I'll, it up. Yeah, I think all of you need to do the same if you haven't done it already. Quickly, yeah, tight. So my first one, the new one is. Oh, this is going to sound so wrong. Hashtag flag baller, because I got my Hennessy's coming. Oh, God. Uh, hashtag Scott will not fly my Genesis, or Hennessy's, as I said. <laughs> uh, hashtag where are we at with the budget? I'm still waiting for the budget. <laughs> you know, like, I, I thought we were going to do big things with the heli heads, and just, you know, we keep not having a budget. Like, how can we operate like this? <laughs> <laughs> and the last but not least, because I am preparing to come to RCHO, hashtag long distance, I'm coming down the hill. Yeah. I like it. So I have some new ones donated from my fellow colleagues here. Yes. Okay. Uh, I haven't read these ones yet. <laughs> so these are all fresh and new, except for one very important one. Uh, uh, we have hashtag Ohio is for staying in and baking pizzas. Ooh. <laughs> pizzas are good. Yep. Uh, hashtag get your frozen ass indoors and watch Bill Ann too. Learn how to steam <laughs> that broccoli, baby. Uh, uh, hashtag I fly firewood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of it ends up as firewood. I will agree with that. Uh, hashtag proxy peer pressure. Nice. And then, of course, we cannot forget the old trusty hashtag Equipo Esfinter Socio. Yes. yes. Which I think my, my teammate, uh, he might have bailed on me. Oh, no. Hey, Jesus, no did he sell his 
sphincters? Yeah, he's going SCB. Oh. <laughs> Did he really? Oh. I think he. I think he got rid of his sphincters. Oh my! I swear to God, by the end of 2021, it's going to be nothing but SAB. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm flying airplanes. I'm over it. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> done. Until the the only airplanes are SAB jets. <laughs> Not, nothing left for me here. <laughs> All, right. All right. I got some. Hit it. I got hashtag legitimate bitch mittens. Yeah. <laughs> legitimate. Legitimate. Hashtag putting in the raw. Mm-hmm. Hashtag <laughs> mole budget 2021. Mm. <laughs> and hashtag effective collective. Nice. Uh, Ooh, that one's catchy. Mm-hmm. Mole budget. I like that initiative. Yeah, mole budget. <laughs> mole budget. Oh, gosh. What you got, Skids? All right. So I'm going to be shameless. July 15th through the 18th. Hashtags. Get your ass to South Kanukistan. <laughs> I thought that said South Caucasian when I read it. Real I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, and of course, uh, 2021, we got hashtag Let's Get Raw. Oh, hashtag, boy. but not that raw. How not about that? Raw? <laughs> uh, we're carrying over from 2021. We got uh, well, that's the new for the 2021 stuff. But uh, from Brandon Cooper, we got if you don't fly well, then at least crash well. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, hashtag for 2021, we got SAB broke. That's how I live. And, of course, I carried over from 2020. We got hashtag too old for hold. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode number 37. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye. In two weeks. What's your name? <laughs> Mike Sobey. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>